people and performers. I'm Rachel Cassidy, an injury prevention specialist who works in whole person health and wellness, as well as injury prevention for performing artists. Welcome to Art in My Heart, a podcast where we will talk about all things wellness for performers, along with whatever other random things come out of my mouth for better or worse. Next, we'll move on to our spiritual health and our spiritual health, kind of within our spiritual, there are just some energetic truths and systems at play. And so while these truths can be blocked or skewed or blurred by our experiences, they kind of still exist. And by that, I mean, there are universal energetic truths about how the world kind of moves. We can have our own personal belief systems about that, but they kind of still exist and are in play. Um, Universal truths like you hold worth and value without having to earn that simply because you exist as a person is a very difficult truth for a lot of people to hold. It still is an energetic universal truth. Everybody holds worth. Everybody holds value. You don't have to do something to earn that. But many of us have growing up experiences or historical experiences that have told us that you have to earn love or value, or you have to prove your worth. And that just simply isn't true, even though we have been taught that as a belief system. So that's what I mean when I say there are energetic universal truths at play. Spirituality holds incredible complexity and intricacy that can kind of all be sucked down into kind of these three questions, and then we're going to elaborate, okay? So this complexity of spirituality can kind of be pulled into these three questions. What do I believe about myself? What do I believe about others? What do I believe about the world, how the world works? And so that includes things like my ability to be present, my ability to be undistracted, my ability to be mindful, my ability to be intentional, my ability to live out my personal belief systems without hesitation or apology. So essentially confidence, my ability to live out my belief systems without harm, my ability to tap into my mind-body connection, my ability to connect to my intuition, which we all have, my ability to change my conditioning from how I was raised or my past life experiences to what I believe to be true now, my ability to understand and recognize my most authentic self, connecting to my authenticity, my ability to hold my authenticity in any space that I'm in meaning I don't hide part of who I genuinely am when I'm in certain spaces. Clearly, we want to recognize safety, making yourself personally safe, but that also would include choosing to be in more spaces that accept you for your authentic self than not. And so spirituality is often watered down into just a religious belief system or a faith space. 
And your faith space and your faith systems do exist here. They are infinitely important and they are they make they are make up part of who you are and you can hold those freely but spirituality is more than just following a particular religion it is all of this understanding about what do i believe about myself what do i believe about others what do i believe about how the world works and you might look at those things through the lens of your faith or your religion but your religion does not make up this entire space. And lastly, in our kind of traditional five pillars of health, we have social or relational. That is the health of our relationships, right? With our family, our friends, our coworkers, our community, the people we don't know personally, but come into contact with frequently. Um, you know, the cashier at the Starbucks you go to every day or whatever. Your uh, relationship to strangers, our relationship to ourselves, which I feel like could go first, but one that we talk a lot about in, in our space, in our membership space, in my community. Our relational health includes our support network. It includes our past and current, so our history and our current social experiences. You know, what was your social experience like growing up in schools? What was your social experience like as a young adult? Um, things like that. It includes our connections in life to other people. How are we connected to the people around us? Do we feel isolated? Um, our ability to set and hold boundaries with others our ability to set and hold boundaries with ourselves, which I find often is um, a space we've missed. So if you are finding it difficult to hold boundaries with others, I would ask, where do I hold boundaries and build trust with myself? Our ability to recognize how those around us impact us. So recognizing how our relationships are impacting us our ability to recognize how we impact others, right? That relational energetic exchange, our ability to recognize how we impact ourselves. That's a rougher one sometimes. <laughs> Deciding how we can authentically live within our communities, our ability to hold support for others holding their boundaries. So that would mean like allowing ourselves to deal with our own reactions or feelings about someone else's boundary without harming them or taking it personally, right? If somebody else sets a boundary and that makes you feel a certain way, you're, you're handling that on your own. You're not throwing that back on the person as their responsibility. Our relational health includes recognition of the ways other people around us live or are impacted differently than we are by the things around us. It includes listening to other people's unique lived experiences and taking them into consideration when we have interactions with those people, listening to how we can support the people around us that are different than we are being able to express to other people how we could be supported by them if they don't share our lived experience and understand where we're coming from. It includes working with others to kind of course correct where injustice has happened for, for groups of people or how society has failed different communities of people. And it includes um, the safety level of our, of our spaces. So that includes the safety level of our spaces for ourselves, do we feel safe in our work environments, home environments, um, relationship environments? 
And how do we personally help to build and create safety in those spaces for other people? So that kind of sums up the five pillars of health as stated by the Alexander Technique. Now I'd love to go into, I'm going to grab more water here. I want to talk about our financial health and kind of what comes under that. And then I would love to talk about one more thing that I believe creatives need to be including in their life um, to, or to take into consideration for their health and well-being. So I would say financial is kind of the sixth, the sleeper, the silent sixth um, pillar of health. And we do really need to consider it in our lived in, in our lived experiences because it impacts our ability to provide for our base needs. Um, those things that we simply can't live without. Um, and it can include, but is definitely not limited to having control over your finances on the daily and monthly, having capacity to absorb financial shock or absorb financial emergencies, meaning how do large financial emergencies impact you? It would be uh, understanding your personal financial goals uh, your ability to be able to provide for your base needs financially and the base needs of those you are personally responsible for. It includes your ability to have enough finances to enjoy life, not simply every penny is spent on the things that you need, but that you are actually getting some joy out of life. It means finding a financial management style that works for you and is authentic to how you want to live your life. And I think that that's really important when you are looking for, if, if you are looking for somebody to help support you in learning how to be financially well in your life, that is understanding what things you find important and how you would kind of like to live out your life and no financial planner or um, person who understands how to help you with the health of your finances can tell you that. And so remembering to stay relationally healthy by standing up for and sitting in your spiritual authenticity, right? Who, who am I? showing up as your authentic self. And it might take you a few tries, just like anything else, finding a good therapist, finding a good doctor, finding a good dentist, finding a good hairstylist, whatever. It might take you a few tries to find somebody that is willing to take your lifestyle into consideration and set aside their own personal opinions and beliefs. And I would encourage you to look for somebody like that. Financial health includes understanding how you are impacted by your spending behavior. It means maturity in your spending. So that means your ability to understand the now, your current self versus your future self. And how do you balance taking care of both of those people uh, without sacrificing the other totally? recognizing how your beliefs around money may vary from the way you were raised. So maybe something was really important to your parents growing up, but that just doesn't happen to be important to you now or vice versa. And that is important information to kind of suss out and know. And it also includes knowing the extent of your financial situation. So genuinely knowing where does my health sit now, which I think is a really good it's, it's a key component to all aspects of our health, right? Being able to kind of look at all of these things and realistically kind of set out for ourselves, where do we sit currently in a non-judgmental way, 
knowing and understanding which things are important to us and maybe which things are not authentically as important to us. But within the financial, knowing the extent of your financial situation, how much money you earn, how much debt you have, your credit score, what's in your savings account, do you have any investments, where is your money going on the daily and monthly, planning for your financial future. I know that discussing health and wellness can be triggering and overwhelming. Um, Just those two words can be triggering and overwhelming, and they have been used very poorly in our society to kind of um, blame, shame, convince people that they are broken and need fixing in ways that I just really am disgusted by. And I think I've talked about in past um, podcast episodes. This is not meant to be a terrifying picture of everything you have to constantly be taking into consideration. That's not true. While many of us are impacted by the way that society defines health and wellness, living in a body that looks a certain way or is a certain size or has a certain level of ability, that's not the full picture. So it's necessary to pull our perspectives out and kind of widen the scope of what we're looking at so we can understand how we are impacted by more facets than how we eat and how we move our bodies, and that even those things don't have the same impact for everybody. The very last thing I'd love to talk about is health for people who are creative. And I think something that we often overlook if our job, if our paycheck is based on creativity, that we often make it that the only space we are creating in is the one that's earning us a paycheck. And that's difficult health-wise in all aspects of health, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, financially, right? Because it means that uh, we can link our worth creatively to a number It means we can inappropriately link how good we are or how good our uh, creations are uh, based on whether we receive a paycheck or not. And something I encourage all of my creative clients to do is to create a space in their life to be creative with no care to the outcome or the product. And I often encourage you to um, choose a thing that has nothing to do with how you are creative in your work life. And also to choose something that maybe you don't feel overly well-versed in or good at. And so, um, for instance, I am not a painter. (laughs) But I started painting with watercolor a couple years ago. And I don't know that I've gotten any better at all. But I don't care what my things look like at the end. 
it is genuinely about the experience, the physical experience of holding a brush in my hand, the experience of mixing things and um, look, dealing with the colors and the aesthetics of the colors and what the colors do when they come together. And I, and I think it can be a really grounding practice and also a really grounding in the present practice for those who need to be present in their workspace. And so I really, really encourage you, if you are a creative for money, to be creative in a way that has nothing to do with that type of creativity, just as a way to connect to fun and um, kind of that childlike self and to release the judgment or need for things to look like or turn out or produce a certain thing. And so at the very, very end of all of this, here are some takeaway questions. Where am I living in a, in a quote unquote healthier way than I might have previously thought or assessed? What might be the simplest space to start shifting my health forward or toward what I personally would like to see for myself? Where can I begin in a non-overwhelming way? What ways have my perspective shifted on health kind of after this introduction to some of this information, if you haven't heard all of this before? In what ways will this information impact how I move forward or In what ways will this information impact how I live in the future? So thank you for coming to class tonight. So for today, I suppose, end scene, as they say, and I will talk to you next time.